Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Struggling with the Bums. It's your host, Bryce. I'm also joined by other co-hosts, Eddie. And we have two special guests. Special guests, would you like to say hello? Hey, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cooper and Jared. Kids couldn't tell at this point. But um, before we get into the topic of the episode, uh, please hit us up on our Instagram, which is T-A-G-B-U underscore M-S, Struggling the Bums. Also, check out our website, strugglingbumps.com. Hit us up. Uh, but for today, we're going to be doing an Oregon football preview, which technically, I guess, couldn't call it preview, but maybe a synopsis at this point, since we're a little bit behind in actually doing a proper preview. But <clears throat> we brought in these experts because all of us have been on staff, the Oregon football team. I like to think three out of the four of us know what we're talking about when it comes to football. I am the fourth that does not know what he's talking about when it comes to football. <laughs> but um, starting that off, Last season with the Ducks, guys, Jared, thoughts on Anthony Brown? And I think hindsight's twenty twenty. Give me your give me your thoughts before he made the Ravens roster and looked really good, or like in the moment, maybe I should say. Um, man, I mean, from an outside perspective, without knowing what was going on, um, I was kind of frustrated i thought he wasn't very good and you know it's like man this guy we brought this guy in really like we couldn't find anybody else in the country that's any better than this um but then you you know like you said you see him ball out in preseason and um you see what happened i mean even with herbert now in the nfl obviously doing pretty well and now you go look at van dyke over at miami it's like we made it second there's one commonality there so um, you know, I think it's more of the, the game plan and the scheming than, than it was Anthony Brown, but it's definitely pretty frustrated, you know, watching that and seeing the decisions made. But again, I guess that was just what they practiced each week. So it, was, it is what it is. Yeah. What about you, Coop? Because I know you probably had better sources to the situation than any of us. Um, I, I wouldn't say I disliked Anthony Brown, but I didn't love him at times. He could run, definitely. I loved his running abilities, but everything else, I was like, like against UCLA when he threw basically back-to-back picks in the, in the red zone and they <laughs> both got called back. I was like, we need to get this fucking guy out of here. <laughs> so there's times when he was shit and there's times when he was good, but I don't know. I, I, it kind of shows what's, what's the common, like Jerry was saying, the common thread here is that our coach wasn't good. So we're, our offense wasn't an offense. It was a hand the ball over and we run the ball. So that's just me. What about you, Coach Eddie? I mean, all I got to say, I think the only thing that could really add is just how inconsistent Anthony Brown was. Because, like, he played decent against Fresno State and then, like, played very well against Ohio State, which is a big deal. And the rest of the year is kind of like uh, a toss-up of what kind of AB 13 you're going to get. So it's kind of frustrating. And now I think we have a better idea of why that is. Cristobal and what he was trying to implement. Um, and I think that's unfortunate because it really, we had a lot of talent and still do, but like would have been nice to really unload it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I definitely think as an Oregon fan, you watch the Ohio State game, you're like, okay, this is our guy. It's a natty runtime or some shit. Probably not that much. But then you watch us lose to Stanford. Then you watch us lose to Cal. And then you watch the back to back Utah games. And then how things went out against OU, I was, 
hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't think he's nearly as bad as a quarterback as I thought he was. Uh, once he got into the NFL, I had to sling it. But I definitely think it led to the common denominator of Oregon's issues since twenty twenty or sorry two thousand seventeen. Uh, Vegas Bowl, Mario Cristobal. Um, you know, I think funny looking at the staff. Like we've all got to see different aspects of him because. Uh, me and Jared were in a different – we were with the team when he first started. Eddie, you came into his second year, and Coop, you were there for the Rose Bowl year. So with that being said, Mr. Brown, thoughts on Mario Cristobal when – I know you didn't really work with the offense, good old safeties manager, but I know you got to interact with the guy a couple times. I'd love to just know your initial thoughts on Mario Cristobal. No, got to give a shout-out to my safeties. That was good. Coach Hayward was my man. Um. Man, you know, when he first got – when he first took over, he seemed like a nice guy. Um, I remember specifically walking – I think it may have been with you, Bryce. He was – he, you know, said he needed to get us some some thank yous for all the work we do and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, this guy seems pretty cool. Um, I guess it's because he took over for the bowl game, so he didn't have any stress. Um, but once the season kicked in and things started rolling, I realized he was a little bit more hands-on than, than – uh, I was expecting, I guess, beforehand. Everything was kind of – it just – the air in the arena was just – it was – and it just felt like you couldn't screw up. If you screw up, you're in some trouble. So, it was just and, – and I think that's been kind of what people have said over the, the years is it was kind of a, a kind of military, military style. We're disciplined. This is how we're going to do things, which is, you know, the kind of coach that he is. But – um it was like every time you walk in, it's just stressful. Uh, even when we were doing well, even after a game like Ohio State or something, I'm sure. I don't know. Coop could probably talk more of that, but it's just those kinds of things, man. It just felt felt like no matter what, you're on, you're walking on eggshells. You can't screw up. Or you're gonna get kind of chewed out. So I personally didn't like you know that whole scene, but you know it was what it was. I guess it's the way it is. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? You're a student coach, you have a bit, you have a different perspective than us. Uh, yeah, I definitely am interested to hear Cooper's thoughts after, but like, I think, uh, dude, I had to go after every practice, I had to do the penalty report. So then I'd have to go hand him, I had to take a picture of the penalty report and then give him the sheet after every practice. So I had to find him after, and bro, I was always kind of sweating. I'm like, oh, fuck, gotta go run over, gotta go find him, coach. Here's penalties. He'll look at it. And, like, sometimes he'd be mad that the refs didn't throw enough penalties. What the fuck is this? And then, like, sometimes he'd be like, oh, yeah, thanks. My guy, whew, I'm out. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely, like, it's hard to thrive in an environment like that. Um, I'm of the opinion that, like, yeah, obviously if people make mistakes, you got to fix it. Like, I'm not saying you should be soft on people, but you don't need to be a dick and, like, overcompensate for whatever you feel is, like, an issue. Um, and that it just makes it a stressful environment. It's very hard to thrive in, in my opinion. So I think it was just a difficult environment to thrive in. You know, and I think I'll chime in before you, Coop, because I unfortunately wasn't on staff uh, for that last year. So you can give us the last tidbit of your time. Eddie, I mean, I think you and I both know there's a fine line between being hard at football and being abusive. And I think we can both agree there were times, even when the tight ends broke the offensive line, some of the language used towards support staff and some players was, I would argue, highly abusive and crossing the line. And it was, I, 
I never appreciate how, because I was a tight end manager, but I worked a ton with Mario because our offensive line manager got fired mid fall camp for some stuff, and I had to somehow do the offensive line and tight ends. And the guy never learned my name. It, I was there when he got there. It's actually technically there before he got there. Uh, guy never learned anybody's name. I don't think. I don't know of a guy that he actually knew their name to. And, you know, just a lot of abusive language and getting stuff thrown at me. You know, I understand mistakes happen and, you know, call people out on them. But if, some, if you tell someone to put it on the six-yard line, but you really went on the five-yard line, you can't cuss at them and call them words that I'm not even going to use on the podcast and then proceed to throw certain items at that said person. You know, and I think it's bad when you have uh, my one assistant when I was doing the O-line stuff, this 30-year-old man wanted to fight Mario Cristobal. And it's bad when you piss off a 30-year-old man so badly he's ready to throw throw everything away to throw hands with this guy. And you have to, like, tell him to go leave. It's just go sit in the cage for a minute because, you know, you don't want to do that. You know, so... You know, it was that in practice. I think it's tough, too, when it's like we got called into a meeting because we were we got blamed for, I think, the loss to Cal away game. I don't know. We got we lost a game, and they brought us in to have a meeting. They were like, you're talking to the players too much, and that's why we lost the fucking game. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Eddie. And it's just like, what? How are we getting blamed? You know, it's the, the tough man mentality of, you can't yawn at a 6 a.m. practice or 7 a.m. practice or you got to do 10 push-ups. You can't wear a hat. You're like, it's it's freezing. Can I can I not wear a beanie? No. And then it's like, little shit like that, bro. And then it's like, also, it's like, stuff like, again, you can't be friends with the player. You're not supposed to be friends with the players. And somehow you get blamed if they wear the wrong socks out. Like, he was so strict to that point. I don't know if you knew this, Eddie. I know you did, Cooper. They were supposed to wear the exact same stuff, like to the T. And if they came out with the wrong stuff, it was our fault. And it was just like, where is the logic in this shit? But Cooper, what was your kind of final thoughts? What was he like uh, that last year you were with him? Terrible. <laughs> um, my first year, I didn't mind him that much because I didn't really have the full effect of him. Um, but the one thing I always tell people about Chris Ball is he's the biggest two-faced guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. When you see like recruits and shit walk on campus, he's literally like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And then once it's game time, it's cuss time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been through the ringer with him. I've gotten every cuss word on the planet. Um, I remember Washington week. This is my favorite story, and this will just explain him to everyone. Um, Washington week, it was we practiced outside, and Eddie may remember this. It was like thirty, like thirty-eight degrees, thirty-nine degrees, something like that. Some stupid cold weather, and the team's warming up, like stretching. And Cody and I were like waiting to start a what was, what was the the fast thing called? Fat, uh, called. Routes on air? Isn't no, it? it was no, the like... one where we just did like three plays or whatever. And so Cody and I were standing there and it's like 39 degrees. And I put my hands over my mouth to warm my hands up. Cause it's literally 30 fucking degrees outside. And he just 
literally hold rips. on. Keep keep in mind they weren't allowed to wear stuff for warmth. Like yeah. they would be in a t-shirt and shorts is well, what I, they had. To they, wear. At this time, I was wearing a sweatshirt. So oh, was, you could was, wear. Okay, yeah, okay, but okay. I didn't have no beanie on. I didn't have gloves. Nothing. To, and so I was just warming up my fucking hands like a normal human being. And literally, I got an earful for probably three full minutes. Everything like buy into this program bullshit. The team wasn't even close. Probably a hundred yards away, and he's just pacing on the field and happens to walk right next to me when I'm getting my hands warm. And so that's my favorite story because it was just like I was nowhere in the field of play, nothing bothering no one. I was just standing there waiting for the play to start, and I just get reamed for fucking warming my hands up. But yeah, Chris Ball is an asshole. He just when he's on the football field, he's another. He's a different beast. He will yell at you for the stupidest shit ever. I've gotten kicked out. Of, Eddie probably knows this, but there was one practice when Cody like fucking put the right penalty, moved the ball back five or six, five yards on the right penalty, and the fucking refs moved it fifteen. It was like a, it was like a fucking offensive. I think it was like offensive pi or some shit, and they thought it was fifteen yards, like five or whatever. And Cody put it on the like five yards back. And Chris Ball fucking rips us both a new one, like in front of everyone, and kicks us out. Like the ref started refing the practice. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like you're the dumbass that are listening to these stupid ass refs. They're getting paid. I don't even know how much. It's just it's just endless shit like that." He didn't know my name, and I saw I was five feet away from every single practice for fucking what fourteen weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's bro. a good way to put it, right? I got two. That reminded me of two more stories. Perfect. There was the one it's time perfect. where he. He left his pin on the fucking special teams. We were doing special teams. And he left <laughs> his pin on the fucking, like, field where they're running around. This bitch was straight up. I picked it up, put it in my pocket. This motherfucker's like, who stole my fucking pin? I pulled it out of the pocket. He's like, you're done. You're fired. <laughs> and I'm just like, someone's going to fall on that shit. And he, and I got kind of kicked out of practice. I had to go to the other side of the field where he couldn't see. Yeah, me. I've gotten your fired pipe. 20 times. Yeah. And there was a time where DJ uh, Yugali was coming through for his big visit. And me and uh, the guy you were mentioning, because we try not to say names. It's all good, though. Oh. Well, uh, the guy you were mentioning, we were working that specifically. Like, we were getting him anything he wanted. And this dude's parents came up to us. They started talking to us. They asked Chris about what our names were. He was like, uh... <laughs> And they at, they told us to come over, like, what's your names? And they talked to us. And I just remember thinking, that is such a bad look for him. I was just like, golly. Because technically we're on the staff. Like, we're a staff member, and he doesn't, he's our leader, technically. Well, I mean, we work, with the, we work with him every day in practice. When you're an equipment manager, you work uh, with him every day in practice. I was saying, also, I've, when they're doing an end line drill where, like, they do half man, half side of the line and do, like, pitches to either side and stuff like that. Um, and bro, he absolutely cussed out Coach Mastro on like the dumbest thing ever, bro. And I was like, You're talking to a guy that has more experience than you who built an offense at UNR. Like, this guy is working with the team and is a valuable asset to this team. And you're gonna like cuss at him in the middle of all of our linemen, tight ends, and running backs and quarterbacks. For a running back tripping or something. Like, I forget what it was. It was like the dumbest thing in the world. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, bro. Yeah, he did another- something like that with the, with, um, what's it call it? Coach 
Coach Levitt when it was Tiger. Oh, team, sweet Jesus. Separated at practice because they were getting mad over some drill and like Chris Paul just elevated and they're cussing each other out. Like, I mean, the man is when it's he's got his mind made up about the way something should be done. There's yeah. no you can't change his mind. You can't. I mean, he he's a control freak and he he hates when people don't live up to the standard that he doesn't communicate. But yeah, I remember watching that happen at practice. They had to be separated because everybody start fighting each other. What <laughs> wonder why we sucked that year. Stuff yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyways though yeah we, let's let's move forward um As, i think yeah. i think we're all glad that he's gone i i would assume right yeah he did yeah. have some upside but his coaching abilities were dog shit yeah he can work he definitely could re- recruit for sure but oh definitely his in-game all that other shit terrible Game management not good <laughs> i would say his somewhat de- development wasn't bad for linemen but like i also like oh for linemen that's mirror it. ball was like very good too what he did so i feel like that was also a mirror ball yeah yeah, you got two position coaches, so yeah, better, better be good. And I, and I think when you look back, you look at Justin Herbert. You know who we all we all knew he was good. Look, I think anybody that watched practice was like, "Yeah, this guy's good." But I think it's arguably to say that no one thought he was the future, the, a future NFL franchise Super Bowl <clears throat> caliber quarterback. Now I could be wrong. That was just my thoughts initially watching him through the tagger. And Mario's first year, I was like, "Oh yeah, Justin's good." But I just fucking good, Bryce. I knew it's fucking good. His senior year, he was making throws that I probably dropped my jaw like thousand times. Yeah, like, bro. Throws that were just like, "What in the fuck was that?" I'd, I'd be watching film, and I'm like, "Yeah, if this is any other quarterback. No one can make this." Like he's late. He's late on a read because he's trying to read the entire field, and he'll still make the throw. I'm like, "It's just not. There's no one else that can do this." True. Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's like he gets to the Chargers, and it's like, holy shit. Everybody can see the great, like, expanse to go. Like, yeah. what the hell were we doing? We could have – this is a college – this is a Heisman caliber player. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, and then same thing with Anthony Brown. Again, they're like, this dude's crap, whatever. Honestly, same thing with Tyler Shuck. If he could just stay healthy – times he has played texas tech he's lit it up and it's like holy cow you know so i just think it's tough when it's like hmm these players didn't do well at oregon but they're doing great in the nfl weird funny hmm. but eddie's eddie's right as we move forward mario cristobal left uh before the alamo bowl this last golly that was horrible um uh, almost like willie taggart kind of funny how that worked out Jared, I'm sure you remember Fat Mac coming into the practice field and being like, put on the FSU fight song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Love quick. Yeah, but I assume, I hope they did the same thing, whatever the Miami fucking fight song is. But moving forward, um, Mark Criswell left. We lost a large part of our recruiting class and almost lost a large part of our uh, roster. But luckily, we were saved by the the goat Dan Lanning, or as I like to call him, Dan the Man. Dan Lanning comes in and saves. I I guess I'm I'm shooting a lot out there just because I'm a big Dan Lanning fan at the moment. But um, I think initial thoughts on the hiring of Dan Lanning, Jared. I know me and you were up in the spaces going fucking crazy because the whole Joey Harrington and Oregon alum shit. And everybody in the lane train and all of that. Just the initial thoughts. 
on that time. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, when you didn't know who it was going to be, people were talking about Urban Meyer, Lane Kiffin, literally anybody under the sun was Chris Peterson. I remember people talking about that. Like it was just anything. Um, I loved the hire when it first happened. I mean, they have the best defense for the last four years, something like that at that point. And he'd been the defensive coordinator pretty much all years, all those years. So, I mean, just from a pure coaching standpoint, you can tell he's, he's got the ability. And, you know, some people thought it was all um, Kirby Smart's defense, not has, has nothing to do with him, but he's calling the plays. He's making things happen. So, you know, I, I've, I love the hire, you know, initially um, still think it's a good hire at this point, but, you know, obviously there's plenty of time to, to see, but definitely loved it at first. Yeah, no, definitely. Cooper, any thoughts? Um, I, I, I like it a lot. I, I think it's also not just him. I think he hired great people around him. Yes. Like what I've been hearing is like it's a young staff and everyone loves it. So that's the thing I like about it is that like Kenny Dillingham, I don't even know. He looks like he's 21 years old, but he's young. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Eddie, any initial thoughts? I mean, yeah, I know we'll talk about the season in a second. But, like, yeah, I think initially I was kind of like, uh, those that don't know, I, I, a lot of the bums were just in our chats over and over and over and over again about, oh, my God, who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? Is it going to be this person? Nah, I hate this move and da 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 And then he got announced. And I think I think pretty much everyone was like, holy shit, like, that's a big hire. That's, that's someone that's a big name in the SEC – which is kind of the only conference I hate to say that matters really. And minus a few teams in the big 10 and elsewhere, but like you get a defensive coordinator from national championship team. Like that's a big deal. And then again, his hirings too outside of that have been awesome. So, yeah. I also like that. He doesn't have a dream school. Like he love that won't leave for his alma mater facts. Yeah. And yeah, I think Dan Lanning again, it was, there was just a lot of concern going in. You know, we have a bowl game to prepare for. <laughs> People aren't happy with how Oregon's played this last season with Anthony Brown. Uh, a lot of negativity in the fan base going around. Then the whole rumors about us hiring Justin Wilcox out of Cal comes in. And some people in the fan base that have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Like, oh, finally an Oregon alum. Like, it'll be good. And it's like, Justin nah. Wilcox is an okay football coach. And I say that because he's an Oregon alum. Um, but it's like Cal's never done shit and they're not going to do shit and what he and the way he wants to build a team does not it's not going to work for what Oregon wants especially if we want to be a national championship program and I think you know the flashy hire was quote unquote Urban Meyer so I know there were people saying that shit or uh, Lane Kiffit but I think Dan Lanning turned out to be the smartest hire like everyone said he came from Georgia they had the best defense probably in the last couple of years of college football, and he's young, and he doesn't have a dream school. And he brings in an a very, so far, very impressive staff. You have Kenny Dillingham, who led Bo Nix his freshman year at Auburn. You know, pretty solid offensive year. A lot of these guys came under the Billy Napier system, who's – or is it Billy Napier? Just, I don't know his first name, actually, but I know it's no Napier at FSU. You know, you have Carlos Lachlan, who – Shit, recruiting wise, debatably tied for with Junior Adams to be our best recruiters overall. I'd say, you know, Tony Tuliotti, great development guy. Uh, Demetrius Martin, never heard of him. Coach Me, 
And then it's like, oh, all these dudes from L.A. that play corner that were never even looking at Oregon, here they are looking at Oregon. Jurion Dickey said his words that he wasn't even looking at Oregon until we got Junior Adams and Kenny Dillingham in our building, essentially. You know, just a lot of, like, really key hires that young guys probably – I wouldn't be shocked if they don't follow the Sean McVay method. Of, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if all these guys are head coaches in the next 10 to 15 years leading power programs for the most part because a lot of young guys that i mean kenny dillingham currently has already been looking at apparently for the asu job so it's like you know so yeah a lot of upside that but as we move forward a little bit onto the same subject organ recruiting you know i think we can all agree Mario Cristobal is a pretty solid recruiter uh did he develop guys not so much but he did bring in a lot of top talent you know, Justin Flo, Noah Sewell, Ty Thompson. You know, some guys have worked out better than others. But I think at the same time, got to give props to Dan Lanning. And I think, you know, we all watched our recruiting class fall apart for the most part in our fucking team. You know, when Mario Cristobal left, you had a lot of guys looking to exit out. And then it's like Dan Lanning pops in. He has an hour-long conversation, and suddenly they want to stay. Uh, Eddie, any, any initial thoughts on just, like, recruiting in general and just, like, Dan Lanning's presence to the team? You know, as much as I love college football and I was on the scene, I feel like I didn't pay enough attention to the recruiting in general. Like, I know about a lot of the bigger names and stuff, but I know I only kept up to date because of you, Bryce, and Jared, because every five yeah. minutes I'm getting a Twitter notification saying, oh, yeah, yeah, look, look, who's this in here and here and this guy and this guy. So it just – I think in some, essentially, we went from – a decent recruiting class to a holy shit, holy shit, the plane's falling apart to, all right, we're going to be all right. And then now our future recruiting classes are looking even better now that we have Dan Lanning and staff. So I think they've done a good job. That's yeah. all I'll say. Cooper, any initial thoughts? Um, Recruiting-wise, I thought we did pretty fucking good in the transfer portal too. Like I, Agreed. Like we got Bo, we got Chase, we got Christian. Christian's a dog, definitely. Oh, dog. yeah. Gonzalez, yeah, yeah, I I think we did really well in there. Which other team like SC thrived in the portal, so I think that's where we we definitely didn't do as well as SC, but we did pretty well, I think, and we definitely recruited well. Yeah, I think Bo Nix, Marquise Irving, our starting running back, transfer portal, Casey Rogers, who had a I think our had a touchdown, he has a defensive lineman. Dog Chase Coda, solid transfer, I think. Very reliable wide receiver. And even Jordan Riley on the line, for what I've seen so far, looks pretty good. What's the other running back? Riley was low key popping off against BYU. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other running back's name? Whittington. Oh, Whittington. Is it Whittington or Whittingham? Whittingham. Oh, sorry. Whittingham's the coach for Utah. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't know why I mixed that up, but I did. But Jared. You are the recruiting expert, my friend. Lay it man. into it, sir. Ah, man, yeah, I'm constantly checking Twitter, seeing what's going on, checking the recruiting class rankings and all that stuff. I love it. It's super fun um, just to see Jordan James, who they just got, you know, they stole from Georgia, actually. He's from around here, so that was cool to, to see some Tennessee people get out there. But, I mean, the man is the – the, the thing that sticks out the most for me is, from what I can tell, is he seems to be a much better – game analyzer he's able to kind of see these kids and evaluate their talent you know Jurion Dickey when he was recruited before he committed was 
good. No one doubted that, but um, he was, you know, maybe top 30 at the position or top 20 or whatever it was. And then, you know, they get him and everyone starts saying like, wait a second, maybe this kid's a little bit better than he gets credit for. Now he's the second ranked wide receiver in the country. So I think that's just a testament specifically with him. Same thing with Dante Moore. They got him to commit. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, wait a second, he maybe is the best quarterback in the whole class. So I think they do a very good job of, analyzing talent evaluating these kids and and he's got a great personality people i've only heard good things any any interviews and things like that parents get in the spaces and they're talking about the coaching staff and they all have good things to say which they'll tell it like it is a recruit parents don't care they that's one thing i've learned is they do not care they will tell you exactly you know how they feel about certain situations and i've only heard good things um my dad actually met lachlan at the at a hotel in baton rouge on a on a trip to Houston when he was on his way there and said he seemed like a really nice guy and just like the personality is good they took a picture and, my, and Lachlan tweeted it out like just good dudes like the all of every coach on the staff just seems like a genuine nice person that just wants to connect with the past you know history of the university and things like that which is you know obviously going to help us in the future because we have a ton of guys that these kids grew up watching when they're 10 11 12 years old they're watching you know Mariota or D'Anthony Thomas or like Uncle James or somebody like that so I mean, they're going to they're gonna do a good job. I think this year was has been good, but it'll get stepped up even in the next couple classes just because they'll have more of a – you'll be able to see the full game plan. Yeah, I mean, I think something we've talked about uh, – sorry, talked about a lot, Jared, is noticing just the difference in size of players it seems like we're getting now. It seems like yeah. much bigger, more athletic. Excuse me. But, you know, I know specifically we talked about the corner position most of the corners we have besides Cole Martin are six foot and taller and they're still athletic. Like, yeah. Plus pulling a guy like Caleb Presley out of Washington, fairly unheard of for Oregon, I would say. And honestly, holding on to a guy like Jerry on Dickey, I think in the past, I don't know if we're able to hold on this long to a guy of this caliber. And then of course you can't talk about the class without mentioning how we got Dante Moore, who I think anybody that knows real football knows that he's, better than Arch Manning and at least should be tied with uh oh let's see Nico Imala yeah no I wouldn't even say him I'd say uh gosh dang what's the dude at USC Malachi Uh, oh yeah Malachi yeah yeah so I mean he I mean they're both he's a dog but nonetheless uh I think it things obviously bright for the Oregon uh recruiting class but moving forward how about we start talking about some games? The Georgia game. Uh, Cooper, how about you start? Because me and Jared were there in person. Was not. Um, well, I had my expectations pretty high just because of last year's Ohio State game. So I was like, oh, we could, we, we could throw around the, the rock and see what we could do. But we just, we just, it was our first game, new staff, first game of the year on the neutral site on the road. Um, it's tough. It's 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 hard. Georgia's good. When I was, I mean, I was watching on the couch, and we were down seven zero, and that tight end hurdled. Um, I think it was BA. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is over. I'm like, we'd have no chance. <laughs> so like, they were just they were just bigger than us. They played better than us. Bo didn't even play that bad. He made one bad decision, and I mean, we just lost. We just got beat. That's plain and simple. Eddie. I don't know. It just looks like I was watching JV team play a varsity team. 
Um, it was it was really bad. Honestly, I had such high hopes. I didn't I didn't expect to beat Georgia. I think it's it's the bottom line for me. I wasn't thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna go in there and beat Georgia at home, essentially at home. But it was like, yeah, like let's see what we can do. But then I kind of watched and I was like, man, I, I just watched this team in a lot of ways regress from like last year because a lot of the guys are still there. So it just kind of sucked to see that. And I was was very concerned, but then I last two games I could see that I sh- Obviously, the concern was valid, but at the same time, like trusting and having faith in the staff to get things in a better place is far more achievable and believable than the previous staff. So, yeah. Jared? No doubt. I mean, you got to look at when Kirby took over Georgia, that, you know, similar situation. He had tons of talent on the team. They sucked his first year. They were like seven and five. So, anything for us better than seven and five is, is an improvement in my eyes. Um, you know, being there, obviously, you know, a late just in the game, not necessarily dominate them, not necessarily beat them, but just be in it late, you know, even if we end up losing by a score or two. Um, so that was disappointing. But I mean, like, like y'all have been saying, it's I don't think a single coach was at the university last year. So like, these are all new guys. They're all under a year, even in Oregon. Um, so they're all, you know, this is all brand new to them. They're learning all these guys they are learning strengths, weaknesses, it's week one. It's the same thing in the NFL for me that is in college football. You can't rely – you can't set this whole standard for the season off of week one, whether it's a big win or a big loss. I mean, we saw Oregon beat Ohio State, you know, week two or whatever that was, and then didn't do so great towards the end of the season. So it, it could be the opposite here. We get blown out, and maybe at the end of the season they're like, wait, maybe this is a top ten team or top five or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just it, – it obviously wasn't – great and being there it was loud and it was all Georgia and I was getting barked at a lot so I think it was it was a tough scene but I mean yeah it's just you can't base all of this off of one week so I think you know I saw something too that was like um someone said it today I actually heard it was like you can't until it's like week six none of these rankings even matter because like nobody knows what each team is going to be until midway through the season because there's teams that were ranked top 10 that aren't even ranked anymore and we weren't ranked for a week and then you know it's just so it doesn't even matter so for me it was like that sucked but you know maybe at the end of the season if we play them it's a little bit different game who knows if we win or whatever but I think we don't get beat 49 to 3 like week six potentially definitely I mean it was definitely a freaking Georgia home game like Atlanta was like, I think we looked at it, it's like 49 miles away from like the University of Georgia's actual campus. So, yeah, it's not yeah, it was, there was a couple ducks, but not a lot. Not seeing that place too much into it, but I mean, it's a brand new staff. It's a young head coach's first game in a very hostile territory. I mean, it's a brand new freaking team. I mean, yes, some of the groups, I think Eddie were vetted you know, in the O-line. But then, you know, you look at even the wide receivers. Like, well, I was going to say, I mean, I, I just meant like we still have the same starting receivers. We still have the same DBs, middle linebackers. Our line – our D-line got shifted around in our O-line. Yeah, I would, I, I they would say did, we didn't but... have the starting receivers. We only had well, one. Who was starting last year? Johnny. Sean. What? Uh, what's his name? Well, oh, I mean, but I mean, like Thornton and like Franklin got in. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't like playing. Though. Franklin, it, barely, I mean, like Thornton barely played. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Anyways, yeah, yeah, and even tight end room. Um, 
not the same. Quarterback room, not the tight same. Ends, no, game. tight end was the exact same. <laughs> oh, for, oh, duh. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. bro. Sorry. Well, my bad. My bad. minus one, but yeah. 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 Uh, but, actually, got me off track. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, tight end's the same. Running back room, a little, you know, fairly different. Because, I mean, you didn't really – because we're doing a uh, – running back room which is like by like a four person rotation five person rotation for that game different you know i think even our secondary you know i guess gonzo anybody else we had a lot of new faces yeah i mean it's just what i think oregon got their expectations maybe a little higher than it should have it would have been nice to see a touchdown but i think realistically looking at it now and knowing how dominant Georgia has been and is being, it's like, it's it's not that bad. I mean, it's bad. It could have been worse, too. It could have been worse. No one got hurt, luckily. And I think that's the real thing to take away from it. But moving forward, next we played Eastern Washington Eagles. And God, did it feel good to just go out there and put 70 on. I found out – uh Coop, that the last time Oregon really did that was against Nevada, which I watched uh, on my phone as I was driving up to Oregon while you were on the sidelines, and we smoked them. I mean, it wasn't even really a game, but any thoughts? That game on was this actually kind of funny because I'm pretty sure we went three and out on our first drive, and then Nevada came down and kicked a field goal, and they're actually winning at one point, and then we scored 70 straight. So, was, yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. Eddie, any initial thoughts off the Eastern Washington Eagles? I mean, I think you needed a bounce back week. You have an easy team. You have a layup, basically. And it was really nice because I feel like in previous years, even though we dropped 70 on UNR last year, I think you still – I don't know. I, I think I was kind of uncertain how it was going to shake out. And then it was like barely any missed tackles. You had an efficient offense. I mean, truly a great just team effort. It was a great bounce back. Drop 70. That always feels good. Because mm. it's like, you should do that, and we did. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, Jared? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's nice to beat a team that we should beat the way we should beat them. I mean, if you want to be a powerhouse program, if you want to be a, a top five team at the end of the season, you got to beat those teams by a lot. You know, you're not you're not struggling against those, those teams. And um, – I saw some stat that we haven't had – that was the most first downs we've gotten in a game since like 2007 or something, just like nuts. It's been years since we've had that many first downs in one game. It was like 40 first downs and just crazy. Our offense was crazy efficient. We scored at will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great game. It was nice to come back and bounce back that way. Yeah. And I think to everybody's point, it's good to have these games because – yeah, this is how secondary string, second string, third string guys get playing time, which is how you build really good depth. And, you know, I think last year when you struggle against Fresno State and Stony Brook, it's a bad look for the team. And it's rough when it feels like you can't even put in your second string to handle programs like this. So it was nice to even see the third string. I mean, we saw a couple – I know I saw a couple guys that you weren't scholarship guys out there. So it, it was cool to see that. But moving forward to what I would say, the big game, Oregon versus BYU. Holy cow. So much to say about this game and just that the amount of trash talk I saw from BYU fans <laughs> was just ridiculous. Just to get out there. 
And I think this is a game where the score doesn't really reflect what happened in that they put up – I mean, they scored 13 points in the fourth quarter with our third string. And knock on Dan Laney for maybe letting off the gas a little too early. But I think you are you can argue that this is a 41-7 to just crushed – we just crushed it type game. Uh, yeah. Jared, you want to go off? Yeah, I was down in, in Auburn at the Auburn-Penn State game watching that blowout when this game was going on. So I was happy. My brother works for Auburn. So it was nice to see Oregon winning, but it was it sucked watching my brother's team get creamed. They got destroyed too. But it was a week full of blowouts, I guess. But no, I mean, that game was great. Seeing every time I check my phone, just numbers going up, numbers going up. But I ended up watching it on replay. and watched, I watched the whole game on YouTube or something, probably a legal stream on YouTube or something like that. I don't know, you know random stuff on there but um you know watching the game it just it never actually like the first driver to it just didn't look good for for BYU and I think it's easy for teams to to sleep on those eastern Washingtons and things like that right before a big game like this they handled business they came back and handled business again um, which was great it was really cool to see them go out there and just truly dominate a team that's you know considered a solid team. People put pick them to be, you know, dark horses for the college world playoff and stuff like that. And they just came off beating a really good Baylor team. And man, we made them look like another FCS school. I mean, we, we kicked them up, we kicked them around. So that was nice. Um, and like I said, it just, it makes you feel a lot better about week one when you come out there and beat two teams pretty, pretty easily the next two weeks after. So I think, I think it just, instills a little more confidence because it's easy to be like, oh, they lost pretty big week one. Look, they're not as good as they thought. And then he beat some teams like that back-to-back weeks. Offense looks just amazing. Defense does their does their thing. So it just makes you feel a little bit better. It kind of calms the nerves a little bit about the season for me. Absolutely. Uh, Eddie? Yeah, I think for me, I'll add a little personal stuff. So, like, I'm coaching football right now, and one or two of the players on the team, one of them is probably going to go to BYU in his future when he graduates. Big BYU fan. The other one just wanted to support his buddy, so they were just talking a lot of shit in practices. And then my dad works for a, a company over in Utah, and a lot of them went to BYU. And obviously last year, for those that don't know, BYU basically ragged on the Pac-12, which was so frustrating. Um because you have this independent, which I believe they are independent school. And it's no, not next year. Well, not next year, but at the time. Being down the Pac-12, just not a good look at all. Um, so this year, really needed that W. I couldn't watch the game. The game was like at 1230. I couldn't watch it till like 430. And so I'll finally get to watch it. Bro, it was awesome. I loved every second of that. I minus bringing in Ty Thompson probably too early. Otherwise, man, what a what a dominant display. It was 24-7 at half, and it was 38-7 at the end of the third quarter. Like that's Middle just that's eight. just ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's all I'll say. Cooper. Um watching this game, our defense actually played well. Like in the first two drives, I was like, okay, this defense is pretty pretty good. And I was like, that was a good sign because Georgia obviously wasn't a good display of defense. Um, but Bo, Bo's pretty fucking good. Like, I right. used to shit on that guy so much his freshman year. I was like, oh, this guy sucks all this shit. And I'm like, how did he beat us? And he's good. He's really good. But uh, I also, I, I kind of like not really, it's, 
putting Ty Thompson in, it shows that he sucks. Like I'm, I'm off the Ty Thompson train. I like, I honestly want him to transfer so he never has to step foot on the field. Like if Bo gets hurt, we are screwed because he cannot command an offense. Like this is going back to Anthony Brown. I get why AB was on the field now because he sucks. He's terrible. Is anyone all in agreements with me? Look, look, Coop. I was, I was not impressed at all. Like they almost, I was like, oh my god, they might come back. Like I was like, holy shit, what just happened? No, I will say though, the pick was not his fault. That first one, dude. Like that. That that was besides the pick. Everything besides the pick was bad. Yes, it was not good. And I'll even add, it kind of makes sense in some ways. While obviously this guy didn't get the nod previously, it makes sense why Robbie Ashford left and got some reps and looked pretty good at Auburn when he did. And so it kind of is like, all right. And then then you also question, man, Jay Butterfield as well. Like it's kind of got to be a scrub too, right? I don't but know, it is, man. It is questionable. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think the Ty Thompson thing, it's like he doesn't play at all. He barely plays at all the, last, the previous season. Even when AB's fucking hurt, they keep him out there. That's one staff. Then you have a new staff come in. The spring game happens. He's obviously QB3. He's worse than Jay Butterfield in the spring game. He doesn't look good. He's slow at making reads. He just – it's just not good. It's not good if you watch the spring game. Bo is obviously the, the most obvious guy. Then you come into the season, and look, I'll be the first to admit, when I was at the Georgia game, and I can only speak for myself, there was def- – and the other people I heard, there was a lot of people calling for Ty Thompson at the end of the Georgia game because it was like, oh, why not put it in the back at this point? Like, screw it. And I totally get why. It really could have been worse. <laughs> they probably – God help our offense if he's in there because I just see I just don't think he's able to process the game at the the level he needs to, and I don't know if that can be fixed with more time and development because he's got what a year and a half because he came in as like a winner guy so he's gotten a year and a half under really I think it's two and a half. Oh shit! Okay, two and a half. So it's like I just wonder at this point if by the time he's quote unquote ready. If the the better option's not a Dante Moore, oh, it's that. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm trying I'm to forced. be. I will be. Yeah. I will be absolutely flabbergasted if he doesn't transfer after this year. I don't think Ty Thompson ever starts another game. <laughs> no, unless Oregon. Knock on wood. If someone gets hurt, that is the only way he starts. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Barring, barring injury, I don't think he'll ever be our guy. By option, he will never start. Yeah. I think Dante Moore gets next year, and it's it's his job to lose. But Bo still has two year, another year after this. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he said he made it sound like he was out no matter what. Well, yeah, that's Bro. true. But so, yeah, never say never. I think if Morgan makes a really good run, and it boosts Bo Nix's draft stock, because at this point, I think we can all agree that Bo Nix is good as he's played, and I'm sure he'll have a good season. You know, he's he'll be lucky if he's a fifth rounder, honestly. I think overall, I mean, because you see what you saw what happened last year. I get every draft class a little different, but Bo Nix is not at this point a franchise changing quarterback. But I think if maybe you argue he comes back, he has even a better year with the offense. We play a fucking soft ass schedule next year, and he makes a deep playoff run. You know, there's no way if he has a good year, he's coming back. Yeah, I think, I think it's he's hard a- to repeat history. Yeah, I think he's a career backup in the NFL at best, unfortunately. So well, fair enough. Fair you never enough. know though. 
Yeah. yeah. I would have said the same thing about Anthony Brown not being able to even get drafted or get me uh, even play on a roster. Lead, on a I roster. Do. A practice squad. I do want to add, though, for the BYU game, once again, I think it was kind of like in previous years, it's hard. Even when I was there, it was hard to say sometimes, can we really bounce back? Can we really get better after certain losses and stuff like that? Last year, obviously wasn't the case. And like this year, again, was a bit concerned. And you know, I've been impressed. I'm honestly kind of glad that Georgia kicked the shit out of us week one because I feel like it it was like a, a nice punch in the mouth that was kind of like, all right, like, yeah, we're a new group trying to come together. Cool. But we just played elite top and the like probably number one Premier. level of talent in the entire league. Um, and it's kind of like, all right, now we got a nice model of how we want to be. And, and now we're just almost enacting that. I agree with that. I think it's the same kind of thing about Auburn in 2019. Um, like if we, I don't, I think if we win that game, we don't make the Rose Bowl because I think we're just on such a high horse that we're like king of the hill and we lose some games. Like, I mean, yeah, that team, <sighs> dude. I'll, I'll ASU, say this, Cooper. Man. We've all, yeah, uh, we've all been on staff and we all know that Oregon has a mentality problem of either. We, we lose a fucking game, and it's like the world is over. We're too fucking soft to come back. Or, we God forbid, we win a game, and then we're the cockiest motherfuckers ever, and we act like we don't need to try hard again to win games. And I feel like I've seen that on the practice field, in, in the locker room, on games, like, a bunch. Like, I, I it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't we'll know. We'll see. I, Time will yeah, tell. We'll see. Time will tell. So I think with that being said, let's look at some of our future opponents and just get some ideas. Obviously, this week we play Washington State at 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. or 12 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, at the time of this recording, it is before the Washington State game. So this will yeah. probably be released after. So hopefully we won. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things to note, this is in Pullman at Washington State. I was there when we played them in 2018. Loudest stadium, I hate to say it, I've ever been to. I literally like thought I was gonna go deaf. It was fucking insane. Apparently, someone shot a fire off firearm off in the pet in the uh sorry, someone apparently shot a firearm off in the parking lot and no one could fucking hear it. That's how fucking loud this was. Uh I obviously if you watch that first drive, we we struggled. They, the offensive lineman could not here justin herbert and if i remember right that's like the first time someone told me it's the first time they ever heard justin herbert curse and he was just like this fucking sucks or something like that he's like uh, what the fuck yeah yeah <laughs> it's a gift yeah it's yeah so and then funny. they they fucking rushed the field and their fans threw stuff at me and the other equipment managers and they roughed me and another manager up in the student section as we try to get a football so the washington state's fans are legit and playing there is legit but as their team, I haven't really seen too much about their offense being impressive, but I have heard their defense is good at getting takeaways and sacks. But any thoughts or ideas on what's coming up for us, boys? I think we got this. I think we got it. I'm going to be the negative one here. I'm very Take nervous. It. Take it away. Take it away. What, yeah. what makes you feel so negative, too? Because we can't play football in Pullman. <laughs> Besides the COVID year, we haven't won there since 2014. 
if, if you don't know that we haven't won there 2014. So like, I'm just like, I always, this, I circle this away game on every single year. I'm like, fuck, we have to go to Pullman and they hate us. They absolutely hate us. <laughs> I know, I know, I know an ex player. Like I, he, he lives around here and I've talked to him many times. He's like, Oh, Oregon, we hate the most. Like they, we, we just want to beat them so bad every time. I'm like, well, shit, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm always nervous for this game, but I think we'll pull away. Historically speaking, I absolutely agree with Cooper. Like 100%, there's something weird about Washington State. And honestly, during our time there, Mike Leach was there, and so was, um, what's his name? Stash dude ended up going to uh, one star. Huh? Minshew. Yeah. Yes. Gardner Minshew was there. And you know how frustrating it was to watch them run an air raid where their primary route was like a seven-yard out and we couldn't cover it? Just like I just don't understand how we to this day still how we couldn't do that. Gardner Minshew's arm at the time was only like twenty yards max. Like, <laughs> bro. Anyways, so yes, I agree with you. Too. Yeah, exactly. So I agree with Cooper. I think though this time it will be different. I, I'm not that afraid of them. They barely beat Idaho. It was an FCS team by seven points. They beat Wisconsin by three. Which sorry Yeti, but Wisconsin's ass. They always are. <laughs> um, just kind of how it is. We beat them in Rose Bowl, so they can suck it. Um, and they beat Colorado State by a lot, which they should, because Colorado State is uh, just the Wisconsin game was terrible. in Pullman too, right? Let me see. No, that, no. Was, that was in Wisconsin. It was. It was yeah. in Madison. Yeah. I watched the highlights from that game. It was in Wisconsin. It was Madison. It was. It was a messy game, and Wisconsin had every opportunity to win that game. And Good, I think I like to hear that. They they turned the I mean there was stuff like they got an interception and then fumbled on the return on the interception and gave the ball back so just stuff like that mm. that like you can't do if you want to win and to to y'all's point yes we haven't been good at Pullman but we also I think this is the coaching staff that will take the daily preparations it's going to take to win and has the right mindset about everything I think with Cristobal it was we're tough that's just how it's going to be and we're going to run you over. That doesn't seem to be the way Lanning thinks about the game. He thinks tactically. I think this coaching staff will have a much better game plan going in. I think, like I said, similar to player evaluation for recruiting, I think they're better in-game, like not in-game, I guess pre-game prep. I guess they had the perfect scheme set up for BYU. I was listening to some of the interviews and things like that. They had everything – mapped out they knew exactly what they wanted to do going into the game and they executed it and that's why they won so easily um i think this is a situation where they have the right amount of time you know obviously you can't predict fumbles or things like that but if we do our job of not giving the game away i don't see why we can't win this one even if it is crazy thankfully it's an early game so people may not be as drunk as they will be and it may not be as crazy as they will be and we know how they get crazy in pullman but I feel good about this game. I'm the opposite of you guys. I feel pretty good about it. I think because we can handle our business and, and you know, our coaching staff is going to be taking it one day at a time and we have the right mindset that I think if you want to be a national championship type of team, you've got to be able to get into, even again, even in a place like Pullman, you got to be able to go and win. So I think, I think they're going to be able to, to do it. I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, but I think they get in there and, and get a solid win and just continue to, you know, on to the next. I got a question. What are the chances they're using the loudspeakers, just putting crowd noise this week in practice? 100%. Yeah. You think that's a crisp ball thing, or you think Landing's going to copy that? Everybody does those kinds of things. I think really? it's a 
coaching. Yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember who was it? I remember they did the USC fight song when they went to play USC a couple of years back. I think if it was Taggart, if it was even maybe even Helfrich, I don't remember. But um, they do anything that's like a common thing. Like you hear that stupid freaking USC fight song every single play. The Oregon State chainsaw. Oh yeah. my god. I think it's a pretty normal thing. I think I think they said something about doing crowd noise work because they've hyped up the noise like Forsyth and Ryan Walk and those guys that were on the team back the last time we played there with the fans have talked to the, the noise. I says I think they have been doing that stuff. Good. I remember. They need to. Yes. Well, moving forward, because we have other teams to look at, you know, next we play Stanford at Stanford. And honestly, my only fear is – No, no, it's at home. It's oh, at home. it's at home? Okay, yeah, my yeah. apologies. My apologies. Thank uh, God. Thank God. My only fear is that that is at 10 o'clock my time, which is, what, 8 o'clock your time, Cube? 11 o'clock yep. Eastern. I think, one, this is bad for a, a, any ranked team because you're just not going to get viewership like you should. And two, Pac-12 after dark does not fucking love Oregon. Not in the last couple of years, it seems like. I I think we should go and beat the shit out of Stanford. But I've said that every year since Andrew Luck left. And I still somehow get shocked. So I don't even know what to say. I, I, I want to be confident. Kick the shit out of him. We should. We should. I said that one. I, I still have nightmares about the year, my first year there. Oh, dude. When we played Stanford at home. I, I still have nightmares about that game. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Dude. That was my, you want to know a fun fact? That was my last football game as a fan in Austin Stadium. Really? Wow. Because I joined the staff after that right game. After that. And Cooper it was not a good that, week after that. No, it was I'll not. Tell you that. that Monday. <laughs> no, it was and not. he was like, why is everyone so fucking mad and angry? <laughs> Bro, I, mean, I, I walk into the locker room and I like there's like a huge hole on Schooler's locker and I'm like, what what happened here? And everyone's like, oh, he f- threw his helmet against the locker and broke the locker. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it was not good after that, not good at all. But yeah, I think we should beat them. I don't think they're anything good this year, truly. So yeah, uh, Jared, any thoughts about Stanford? Uh, same thing I said. If you wanna, if you wanna be what they wanna be, you gotta handle those games, especially against opponents that are definitely don't deserve to be in the same game as us. I mean, it's just, it's not there for them. So if if they wanna be what they wanna be, you got it, mentality or history or whatever shouldn't shouldn't matter going forward. So I think they could do it. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm pretty positive about the outlook on the season until you know late in the season when you got the next gauntlet. But we'll get into that, I'm sure. So, yep. Well, next we have Oregon travels to Arizona. Uh, I'm not worried about Arizona. We don't know what time we play. Not that it should make a big difference, but Arizona was an ass burger last year, and I don't think they've improved that much. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Arizona. Any thoughts? I mean, I'm just not even trash. History trash. isn't good in Arizona for no, us. No, no, against ASU, though. ASU. ASU is the problem. Thank God we're not playing them this we year. We lost to Arizona last time we played in Arizona. Really? In Arizona? In what, 19, 20? In no. 18. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was a bad streak for us. Yeah. But that 18 year was rough. But they're, they're, they're way bad. Way worse now than they were then. Yeah. We should but, smoke them. Yeah. Moving forward. Then we play UCLA. Uh, another oh. home game. Thank God. Uh, not worried about UCLA. Not worried about UCLA. Not even in the slightest. Nope. 
I mean, we're wearing pink that game. Fun fact. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Uh, Spoiler the, alert. The curse of the yeah. Hopefully the curse of the peak uniforms doesn't come to bite us, but not come yes. wood. Um. Fuck you, Scooby. Right. I'll never forgive you for ruining our. <laughs> yeah. That you want to talk about PTSD. Uh, but back to you, Silly. I mean, it's a chip led offense. They have DTR who's as high. He's still there. Yes, yeah, eight there. years. Still there. He's got yeah. two more eligibility. I, I've had enough time to graduate college, take a year off, and then get my master's degree in the time that he has taken. Oh my God, bro. I still can't there. even. Yeah, DTR still there. Still not doing anything impressive. They lost Chase Coda to us, who was like their number one or two. They lost Kyle Phillips, who's now with the Titans. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about UCLA. Uh, moving forward, we play Cal. Uh, at Cal. Actually, yeah, at Cal. Again, I'm not worried. Cal is fucking horrible. They're sure. horrible. Yeah. Like, I don't even really see the point in talking about it. Colorado? Colorado's the worst team. I'd put They're, money. Eastern Washington beats Colorado. I'd put money on that. They might be 130th in the in the FBS. They are. There's a fair argument to say they are the worst team in the FBS by a margin. Did their athletic director come out and say something about, yeah, we know we suck and there's really not much we can do about it. <laughs> yeah, they're like frustrated too. And it's like, what do you, this is your job. <laughs> that's how you know your team sucks. Your athletic is just like, I'm sorry. Is that, that's in Colorado, right, Bryce? It's in Boulder. Uh, we, Yes. It's in Boulder, yeah. Yeah, so you know what? It might be a little cold, but we should go and whoop some ass nonetheless. I don't think little like covers it, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but then after that, November 12th. First starts eight, the gauntlet. Starts the gauntlet. Uh, typically, I would say this is the game to be at, but I think Utah is that this year. But we play number eight, currently number 18, Washington. If both teams keep going undefeated, which it looks like they should, that will be a college game day matchup. It has to be. And it's gonna go fucking insane, uh, and it's at Austin. Thank God, Duck fans. If, if you, what? I was gonna say, man. If if they if they stay undefeated all the way through to that point, that's gonna be the game. Like even if we have to play Utah after that, like I think that's gonna be a better game as far as atmosphere goes than Utah. I mean, that's our oh. rival. I mean. Utah's a team we want to beat because they've recently been successful, but you dub the hate is the hate goes deep. The hate Dude, goes back. I, I think in hindsight, had we known that we were playing that U dub was gonna be are looking this good, probably would have booked our little flight to go watch U dub instead of the Utah game. But you don't know what you don't know. And we wanted that revenge matchup, baby. So but uh yeah, Washington looks good. Michigan State does not impress me that much, but they're still a decent team. And, man, watch just – Michael Phoenix, dude, is someone to be feared. And that offense I, – I don't know what to say besides they're good. They I'm, kind good of, I'm low-key kind of shocked because of the whole ordeal with uh, – what's his name? Coach Lakes or whatever. And then Peterson leaving. What was oh, their last yeah. coach? Yeah, he got kicked oh, off. Yeah, he and, got put, kicked off for punching a guy. Well, or something like that. Not great. Like, they look like they were a dumpster fire, and all of a sudden they're, like, decent. So, see how hey, uh, I'm going to a wedding on this – Day. I don't know what time oh, the game is, shit. obviously. And uh, there's like 15, I think it's like 16 people that went to UW that are going to the wedding. Oh, and I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be drunk either way, but it's, it's not going to be 
<laughs> so what you're saying is you need to rock a green ducks tie and, or something. And I was at I was at a wedding against the Utah against Utah the first time and so I'm zero for one at weddings on Oregon games. So I okay. I look at history a lot. It's gonna be it's gonna be one noticed. and one, right? Don't worry. Yeah, I, mean, I hope so. I'm gonna need you to t- I'm gonna need you to like tell Jules you're sick or something. Like you gotta you can't go, bro. It's her brother's wedding, Bryce. I can't miss it. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, gotta, you he's, gotta, gotta, he's gotta go. He's gotta go. <laughs> no, no, no. Only her brother. You can miss. It. No, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna be watching the game no matter what. If anyone tells me to turn <laughs> off, I'm telling them to fuck off. So I do not care. <laughs> You can be the, that's so funny. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, definitely. TV fuck, the table or something. It's it's Huck the Fuskies week or Fuck the Huskies, uh, however you want to say it. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about getting a green suit and a yellow tie too. I like it. Yes. I like yes. It. If you do send us a picture of that. Please. Oh, I will. Um moving forward, that that would be a game. Obviously, if the Ducks go, if we beat them, Utah at the rate they're going as well. Minus USC, which I'm not, I haven't decided if I think they'll beat USC or not, but uh, could be another match. Honestly, top ten, top ten matchup between Oregon and Utah. Uh, I just mentioned it. You know, some of me and my friends are going. This is a revenge game. We have to go in there and beat the. I don't want to say the breaks, but we have to beat Utah by at least I think a touchdown. I, I would like to beat them by a touchdown. The way we got done, back-to-back games, and actual championship, and then regular season, we need to go punch Utah in the face and tell them who fucking runs this conference. And that's all I have to say about it. I think I, I, I'm reluctant on giving any team credit for how good they are or how bad they are this early. Everyone plays their cupcake games early. Oregon's the exception in that sense. In that sense. And, you know, you had, Utah, UW had a good game against Michigan State. But – we don't know how good Michigan State is. They, their defense is not looking very good, especially in the secondary. Um, but I think Utah could beat USC. They're a late-blooming team. They did it last year, too. Early on, they had a bunch of failures, and then towards the end of the season, they're like looking like one of the best teams in the country. I think you got to wait. Maybe they they go undefeated at that point, or you know, other than losing to Florida week one. But, again, that's week one. I don't put too much credit behind that. So I think – That'd be a crazy game to go back to back weeks. I think they're they're both home games too, so that's even better um, to play those two teams at home. I mean, that would have sucked if we had to play either or both of those teams on the road back to back. That's in just an LA Utah, I think, at this point. Yeah, I don't think we can win there. I honestly don't. Yeah, it's tough. We don't like going there, so no. we'll see. Especially but... when you play at like six thirty no ma- or seven thirty, no matter what. I hate when we play late games. I just think the late games is the problem more than anything else. Any game after three o'clock, and I want to riot. Especially you. Mm. Um. Mm. Yeah, I will say about Utah. We'll find out week seven how they're going to stack up because that's when they play USC. What what, <laughs> what, week, what week do we play Washington? Uh, third to last. Is that what? Nine. Is that what uh, nine? Uh, yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll know about Utah before then. Under ten, yeah. yeah. Does you does USC play Washington? Or no, <clears throat> no. The f- Why is their schedule so easy all the time? Because the South is the joke. <laughs> schedule ever, dude. How do you they not play-, play us or Washington? Yeah, they. That's it's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they play have- Oregon State this week, though. They're probably. I mean, I think they beat them just because their offense, but they don't seem to have a defense. So if if Oregon State can slow them down on defense, which to be fair, Oregon State. I assume we're going to move on to them, but like Oregon State actually isn't looking too bad. No, they don't look yeah. bad at all. 
Probably bad at all, but again, they. they... <laughs> what was that, Cooper? It's not good. Three of these in a row. Dude. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That's you up gonna... for the bowl games, though. Honestly, my thought is when we play Colorado, we don't play one starter. We should just we should just play. Bryce, we like lose. Last... Kai Thompson is not the answer, Bryce. We would literally lose. He'd throw four I think, picks. I I think we let like we let like Sean Dollars go in the Wildcat and just let him run. Fuck. Dude, we just we, we do not... <laughs> don't overlook teams, Bryce. That's how you get caught in trap games. Yeah. That's the thing. The landing uh, in this. That's how we didn't uh, go to the playoffs because we lost to fucking ASU. I would say though, that's I mean that's good for us if we if we go and we lost to George Week One. Everyone's like Oregon's not legit, blah blah blah. And then you finish the season and say we don't lose another game, finishing with potentially. Three top ten teams, top, or not top ten for Oregon State, but two maybe top ten, top fifteen teams plus Oregon State, who's having a really good year and could have a really good year. That's gonna, you know, that could propel us into that, you know, New Year Six, that Rose Bowl, that College Bowl playoff, wherever we're at at that point. I think you if know, we if we scrape away with two losses, we are in deep talks of playoffs. Yeah, I, I take it with two losses with only fourteen I mean, with. With Georgia and losing to one of the like I I I don't know maybe I don't, I don't think we make it you I don't think nobody's ever made it with two losses so I just don't see that Damn happening. Ass. I mean let, let's play, get back on track a yeah. little bit. We, we play Oregon you State. One two. <laughs> yeah, we play Oregon State at Oregon State. You know they're gonna play. We hit turbulence. We know the deal. Uh, it's a tough game. I think just weather wise, it seems like you can't fucking throw the ball in. Research Stadium or whatever it's called now. Were, anymore. We, were we all working that game or was it just Bryce yeah. Cooper and I? I think it was just me, you, and Cooper at that time. Dude, that was the most fun and least fun I've ever had at a college. I game. I hate I hated that game. It was my least favorite game so, of all of college football. It was fun so fun to dominate them and kick the shit out of them. But it was it, like I was looking up at the scoreboard. I'm like, bro, it's the third fucking quarter. We still have like. 16 more minutes of like legit game time. I'm like, can we go home now? Like, this game has been over since the first quarter. That Bryce knows what I'm talking about, but that hill going into that stadium is hell and back with the fucking trunks and shit. Bro, hell, Cooper, you don't understand. I logged five miles that day of running. I had my Apple Watch because fucking (laughs) piece of shit boss, bro, made me the only guy I'd run up and down that hill into the our locker room, which if you guys don't know, like there's a giant hill and then the locker room's another like 20 yards from the hill, uh, something like that to get towels. And he would be like, oh, just bring like 20 towels. And I'd bring them over and they're all done for. Like by the time I got down there and I'd run back up and grab another set of 20 towels. And I, did, I didn't even get to watch that game, bro. I ran up and down that hill. You didn't miss much, was, don't worry. I was gassed. And at the end, we couldn't push the trunks up the hill. We weren't strong enough. And thank God, the team—that was the only way for the team to get out of there because they had to, They pushed it up the hill. Yeah, I remember that. Shout, shout out to like I think it was a uh, foresight and uh, I can't like shamelessly you pushed the trunk. I was trying. To push I was gonna it. say I agree with Gooby. Didn't miss much. You missed handoff left, handoff right, dive, sweep. Herb got hurt in that game too. Yeah, you kind of did. He got a little messed up. But like I think we threw the ball like what three times? We ran the ball the rest of the time. Probably not even three. We brought in Braxton Burmeister. And we had like a 14 play, like 100 yard drive, and we ran the ball all like 14 times. 
It was so funny, bro. I, re- I miss that guy. Talk about a blast from the past, Braxton. <laughs> he's on SDSU, isn't he? Yes. What? I thought he was at Virginia Tech. No, he oh, transferred he again. Hurt. Again? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> they almost – who did they just play? They uh, they just played Utah. <laughs> yeah, the nuclear yeah, reactor. Our quarterback. He was <laughs> the nuclear reactor. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. Yeah, Oregon but, State, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and then I'd like to also add in, because I personally think we're winning these games. I think either way, we're making it, we're winning the North or the number, I guess with the new conference alignment, we're the new, we're the number two team in the pack of worst case scenario. And we're playing SC in the Pac-12 championship in which I wholeheartedly think we can win because we just have the better defense. I think we're just going to have to get a stop or two on them on defense, which would be so much easier than their defense trying to get a stop on our offense. Their I don't think. Like... What? Their defense sucks. USC. Yeah. I'm yes. gonna t- I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a hot take here. I don't think SC makes Pac-12 championship game. Ooh, elaborate I, a little for me, Coop. I yeah. think Utah beats them, and I think they lose some like stupid game mm. on the road. <laughs> Honestly. I'm gonna look guess, up their schedule real quick because now I'm, they probably now I'm play Washington, Washington State beat them because they're a hell of a defense. They play Washington State week six. Where? Where? Please be in LA. LA. In LA. Oh, damn! They play, they play Washington cap. State and then Utah. Yeah. Okay, I think I think they lose to Utah. One of those two teams beats. Yo, them. wait! They played Notre Dame at the end of the year. No, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame sucks, bro. Uh, Eddie. Oh no, they I'm suck. Su- I'm shocked that they're playing Notre Dame at the end of the year. They dude. always That's- do. Really? Yeah. Yeah. UCLA yeah. and then Notre Dame. Interesting. They could use the UCLA too. UCLA, yeah, maybe. You just, oh, UCLA. That's my hot take. Interesting. Buckling. Uh, honestly, part of me wouldn't be surprised because I feel like there's some kind of nice cosmic joke surrounding USC right now that they they would do that. They would end up blowing it, even though they have all this shit going for them. So I can kind of see that. Yeah. But even they could even not make it with one loss. Yeah. Hmm. If we went out, and then if if we if we lose one game and Utah beats SC, I'm pretty sure we go. Is that really the new format? Just the yeah. top two teams. We, we, yeah. we have to. Uh, we'd have to beat Utah. So if we well, lose yeah. to one team that's not Utah, and then we beat Utah and Utah beats SC, we would go if we all have one loss. Yeah, because t- technically USC lost to Utah. We beat Utah, so we're better than them, so we go. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the, new, so the new thing's sick, but crazy. we'll see. Hmm. Interesting. Could I'll be happy with 10 wins this year. Okay. <clears throat> Anything less than 10 wins is going to be disappointing with the roster we have. That's true. But ain't that the truth? I expect ten wins. Let me let me change. I expect ten wins at least. Yeah, okay. But I think it's fair to say. So everyone has their, you know. I think it's fair to say if Dan Lingle only gets nine wins, he's by no means a bust as a head coach. No, no. I think if he gets eight wins, he's not a bust. So I don't think. Yeah. Determine whether or not he's a bust, even if they were to lose, you know, four or five games. Like I said, Kirby Smart, right now the best co- coach, you know, outside of maybe Nick Saban in the country is. Was seven and five and lost by like thirty points to Ole Miss, his first. So, if he can do that and then turn around, I think landing will be all right no matter what. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I 
think this is kind of coming towards the end of the park in this episode. Does anybody have any final thoughts on Oregon football? Anything that they want to get out there? Anything like that? Eddie? Maybe I was a little harsh on Bo, <laughs> Bo Nix. <laughs> but, you know, here we are. So, I mean, I'll probably end it on that, you know. How the hell are you harsh on Bo Nix but not, ta- ta- not on Ty Thompson? That makes no sense Oh, I'm already done with Ty Thompson. Oh, I just, okay, we've okay. Seen, <laughs> we've just – you you heard me agree with Cooper. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was very harsh. <laughs> yeah. So, I just think Bo Nix has actually played games, and, like, I loved dogging on him at Auburn. And one of my brother's good friends goes to Auburn, and he was so happy when Bo Nix transferred out. And then I was like, we saw him come here, and I was like, are you kidding me? But it turned out better than anticipated. So, so I think, I'm excited. It's going to be a great year. So, yeah. Do you think part of, like, the issue with him is just that the SEC West is so fucking loaded? Or do you think he's just generally get gotten better since he came to Oregon? Here's my opinion on this situation. I think Bo Nix – when asked to do too much, isn't able to handle. He's not a guy that's going to win you games. He's not a guy that can just do things and take it all over and make it happen. He's not one of those guys. Where Dillingham and Landing have done a good job is the last, even the first game, because they were doing well, you know, decently early, but then it kind of fell apart. But they do a good job of asking him to do things he can do, passes he can make, you know, holding the ball and running when he can run. And they're not asking him to throw 50 yards down the field 20 times a game. That's not where he's good. He's good at quick decisions, get the ball out of his hands, distribute it, be a point guard. He's not a guy that's going to win you the game. So they have done a very good job of getting him and, and keeping him within his boundaries. It's, it's, if you make, if you let him just have free reign, which is what I think he had at Auburn, he goes crazy and does all this stupid stuff because he's trying to guess and make something happen. The offense we have is so – it seems like it's so methodical and every decision is made and it's a one read and you pick which one. Like I saw the Terrence Ferguson touchdown last week. It was either he throws it to Ferg or he throws it to Dante Thornton. Whoever the linebacker takes, the other one gets the ball. One read, make a decision, throw the ball or run. That's it. I think he's going to be much better in this offense because they know how to use him and they don't ask him to do too much. So I think he'll be much better. I don't think he's gotten better, but that's where I'm at. I also think he has a lot more weapons here. 100%. Which kind of goes off what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you a better line considering they've given up a sack either? So Definitely. line was Swiss cheese. So anyways, that's my final comment. All right. All right. What about you guys? Cooper, <laughs> any final thoughts? Nope. I got nothing. All right. Jared, any final thoughts? Good riddance, Mario. That's it. Yeah, good riddance. Enjoy, Mike. You already lost your first big game. Congratulations. Here we go. Uh, all right. I'll end this how I know I, I was going to. To the Miami fans that were talking shit on uh, Bleacher <laughs> Report to me months ago, making fucking fun of me and shit. Who's laughing now, motherfuckers? <laughs> Mister, we're going to the daddy. Uh. You can't even beat a shit-ass NN team. This has been <laughs> Struggling with the Bums. Check us out at strugglingwiththebums.com uh, and also hit our Instagram at the bu- T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S, the Bums. 
on Instagram. All right, see you bums later. Adios.